Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Another twist in what has been a tumultuous year for the royal family. The Queen's grandson and his wife have separated. I don't think anybody had any knowledge it was coming. Um, I noticed that various people are saying uh, Peter Phillips splits from Autumn. I think it's the other way around, actually. It's Autumn splitting from Peter Phillips. Hi there. You're listening to Royals, the only podcast that goes behind the walls of Buckingham Palace. I'm Zoe Burrell, and I'm your host for today and a writer about all things royal at New Idea magazine. And I'm Angela Mollard, a journalist, author and royal expert. And on today's show, we're going to be chatting all about the two shocking royal divorces. The royal desperately trying to keep her family together. And Kate's heartbreak over losing another ally. We'd had all those years where there hadn't been any royal divorces and now we're having another round. Remember the Queen had her Anna Cerebellis in 1992. Not really any divorces since then and now we've got two. Now we've got two within a matter of weeks. So, look, let's start with the most recent, Lord Snowden, who is the Queen's nephew, the son of Princess Margaret. His name was David Lindley. He had a job and – well, had – he has a job in his own right. He was married to Serena Lindley. Actually, I was in London and had to cover this uh, wedding. She was the typical English rose, blonde, gorgeous peaches and cream skin, very well connected. She came from a wealthy family. Lord Lindley, as he was then known, he only took on the Lord Snowden title after his father's death in uh, 2017. He was a furniture maker, beautiful, beautiful furniture. He had a showroom in uh, Chelsea and used to drive around this corner and see all his lovely um, mahogany pieces in the window. Oh, he was renowned for being quite uh, contemporary in his furniture design. Very successful. Sold uh, his shares in the business for, I think, £4 million several years ago. Uh he was, you know, seen as uh, an exemplary royal in so much as he wasn't relying on the taxpayer. He had this tremendous career. He and Serena married. They have two children, uh, a 21-year-old son and an 18-year-old daughter. There was no thoughts that there was anything uh, awry in their marriage, but apparently they've been living separate lives for, for many months. They've announced that it's amicable, that they still have tremendous regard for each other. And, yeah, I mean, it's. I think the saddest thing about it is it comes just a week after... Uh, Peter Phillips announces his divorce, obviously. Wasn't that so sad? I think it's always sad when the children are younger, aren't they? I mean, his two children, Isla and Savannah, I think are around 12 and 9, whereas uh, Viscount Lindley's children have grown up. So they announced their marriage separation. They hadn't spent Christmas together at Sandringham. Peter Phillips obviously went on and uh, had a shooting weekend at Sandringham, which was just before the Sandringham summit where William Charles and Prince Harry had to nut out the oh, Mexit. That's right, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was the one that to was to head back. He had to cut it get short. Out of the way. He had, <laughs> yeah. yes. And there had been a lot of speculation about why they hadn't, Autumn and Peter hadn't been there for Christmas. They love it every year. Of course, they've got those two young daughters that play all the time with um, George and Charlotte. Uh, so theirs is a very, very sad divorce. Of course, Autumn is Canadian. They'd been together for 12 years. They met when they were sort of travelling. And um, they. And this is the interesting thing about this family. They all have done in Gloucester. 
which is where Princess Anne has her Gatcombe estate. And so Zara and Mike Tyndall have one house with their children. Princess Anne and her husband have another house. Peter and Autumn have another house with their children. I mean, these estates are enormous, so it's not like you're jammed up next to each other in terraced <laughs> houses or anything. They they have plenty of grounds. But this is the complication for the royal family is that you're enmeshed in each other's lives. So what happens now? Does Autumn retain the house even though it's part of Princess Anne's estate or does she have a cottage in the garden or does Peter have a cottage in the garden or how does it actually work? One thing we do know though is that Zara Tyndall made an enormous plea to Autumn not to go back to Canada. As I said, she Canadian by birth and Zara very much wanted to keep the family together. The cousins are very close. She's got two daughters herself, obviously. So there's four girls there. They've got ready-made playmates. But more than that, she's enormously fond of Autumn and didn't want their marriage breakup to sort of cause this rupture in the family. must be so hard to navigate. I mean, ordinary people, they own a house. They tend to sell it. They just split the proceeds. They go and buy somewhere else. That just doesn't happen with the royal family. Look, luckily they have the means to... To, oh yes, to, you know exactly. it's not like they're going to have to, you know, find an Airbnb to live in in the local village. But it's very unsettling, and it must be so unsettling for the Queen as as, as she approaches her ninety yes, fourth year. Be. Mm. Yeah, how how do you think she's coping with it all? Well, I think she's had these lovely years of stability. If you think about it, when Harry and Meghan came out here on their royal tour. Royalty was at, I mean, people just loved them, didn't they? That would have these, that gorgeous royal wedding. Eugenie's came on the back of it. So there was all this good feeling. There was all this happiness. Kate and William had been doing an amazing job. The um, public had got used to Charles and Camilla being a couple and the, the natural line of succession seemed very secure and restored. We had these wives that were coming into William and Harry's. We had... You know, we didn't have any of the Prince Andrew scandal. I mean, in the last 12 months, it's been really rupturous. You've had Prince Andrew, you've had Prince Philip having a car accident and being very elderly. Obviously, the stress over Christmas of him going into hospital. Then you've got Megxit. Then you've got these two royal divorces. The it's Queen must just be wanting to go, oh, just... I'm just going to hole up in Balmoral for the rest of the decade. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, it requires management and... All the discussion goes through different courtiers and things rather than it, you know, if they could all just sit down and have a chin wag, they could probably sort things out more easily. But, of course, they've all got different interests and they need to they need to make sure that they t- take care of the people involved in the royal family. I mean, the last thing you want is for somebody like Autumn to be poorly treated as Diana would have claimed that she was and to sort of go rogue and then start revealing all sorts of things about the family. I mean, Diana kept thinking that every time she spoke uh, after her divorce that it would sort of clear the air. It never cleared the air. It just caused more uh, uh, speculation and consternation about what was going on for her. People were taking sides. I mean, it was the well before Brad and Jen and Angelina. It was very much who, you know, whose side were you on? And we don't want to see that. So that has to be very carefully managed in yeah. the, in and the case of And do you think it will kind of be managed differently this time round? Look, I think we've moved to a new era with yeah. divorce where it is amicable. There's plenty of uh, celebrity examples of people getting on with each other for the for the good of their children. I, and divorce used to be highly adversarial and all you would ever ha- hear about was, was people going at each other hammer and tong. We now have people like Gwyneth Paltrow and 
and Chris Martin and Helena Bonham Carter and her husband and Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, you know, they have ushered in a new mood around divorce, which is it doesn't have to be so adversarial. Like, you know, you can get on with each other. You can retain a friendship in the in these later years. And I think the people that are able to do that, it's very empowering for them uh, and particularly in a royal setting, like if um, Lord Snowden and Serena Lindley can navigate that stage with their older children, then that's more harmonious for everybody involved. Likewise, Peter and Autumn, their daughters are much younger. They still have to do the school run. They still have to go to events together. They're going to have to go to parent-teacher evenings, for instance. They both have to go. So being able to be amicable around that situation, I think, advances things or just makes it better for the children, makes it better for everyone. That said, it's a theoretical practice. Putting it into practice, obviously, is, is <laughs> a lot be, harder. It can be harder. I'm it is, sure. yeah. Like, yeah, it's an it's an interesting one, but uh, really sad because, of course, we, that had such a good run. But you know, really, it just reflects the rest of the world, doesn't it? And it, divorces are commonplace, and and that's what's happened with them. And we know that Kate was also quite good friends with them as well, wasn't she? Because we've often seen the kids playing together. That's right. Well, you know those balcony scenes where yes. you've got um, uh, Isla and Savannah with George, and one of them's got the, her hand. I think it's Savannah has her hand over George's mouth. That great, Mason. We've seen that. We've seen them polo together. Um, and Kate was really good friends and is really good friends since they was with Autumn. In fact, she went to Autumn's wedding as one of her first official engagements on her own in 2008 because Prince William was in Kenya. He was away. They weren't engaged at this stage. It was The wedding was at Windsor Castle. Uh, and she sort of represented the couple and, and was is been very good friends with Autumn ever since. And look, it's very hard for someone like Kate. You've got your family, your own direct family, and then you've got friends who you would trust and they would be, uh, you know, I don't imagine that there'd be many of them. You have to know that anything you say doesn't get passed on. The special creed within the royal family of of non-disclosure means that I imagine speaking to somebody like Autumn with more depth. I mean, they have so many shallow conversations every day. They have to speak so generically about everything. She has to think about you know, what she's saying all the time for Kate, being able to actually properly talk to somebody like Autumn must be incredibly valuable. Uh, I know she has a sister and a mum, but, you know, most of us have more than a couple of people that we can <laughs> confide in. And, uh, you know, you you have to just hope that that relationship doesn't change. I mean, being in the royal family at times must be incredibly lonely. To have allies is very important. Yeah, I completely agree with you there because mm. we all need to have a good wine and a gossip, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> yes, yes. even if it's the fact that Prince William started snoring. Or I'm, make, I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just saying like you do need to tell someone that, don't you? Let's just say he did. You can't just live with that by yourself. You can't tell, you know, you can tell your mum and your sister, but you really want to tell a mate, don't you? Exactly. And then she can go, yeah, he, my one was as well. <laughs> well he's, she's not sleeping with him now, presumably, so she wouldn't be saying that, would she? Mm. <laughs> We've got ourselves into no. a cold set with this one. Um, but look, I think it's interesting that divorce is a relatively new thing for the royal family. So when Princess Margaret uh, divorced Anthony Armstrong Jones, who's the father of Lord Snowden, in 1978, she was the, actually the first senior royal to do so since Henry VIII. So this is a really modern thing. Uh and a new thing for the Queen to have to deal with. When she first came to the throne, obviously, she wasn't having to think about this sort of thing. So the management of it, the um, uh, the notifying people, I mean, you just want to get to the end and go, right, now everything's sorted and she thought it was <laughs> and now she's having to manage all this. Mm. I, I do feel sorry for her. But that said, 
I doubt that we will see again, well, I hope we will will not see again, as toxic a divorce as we saw with uh, Diana and Charles. I mean, that was um, horrendous. Uh, I, I was in London through those years and the the backstabbing and the, the little dropping of stories and the friends ringing up royal reporters and saying this and that about the others. And, of course, we had those huge interviews, the Panorama interview where Diana said there were three in this marriage and, of course, Charles's marriage with uh, – Charles's interview with Jonathan Dumbleby in which he said, yes, he had cheated on Diana, you know, after it was irretrievably broken down. Um, but, you know, these were and, – and, of course, Diana, my true story – we only found out after her death that she had endorsed, not only endorsed that book by Andrew Morton, but that she had been the major source of it, recording her thoughts on a tape recorder and those tapes being passed on uh, to Andrew Morton to write that book. Now, I don't, there's not been that level of disclosure within the royal family. And what I think we're seeing is is a more grown up approach to divorce. They're older when they're divorcing. I mean, the Linleys were together 26 years um, they have shared interests. There's a much more mature way of approaching it. Uh, and also with the change in divorce laws where there's no fault divorce anymore, I think that helps. You know, back when Margaret divorced, it was, you know, you had to cite the reasons why you were divorcing. Now, of course, uh, we you know, we have a um, legislation around no fault divorce. So there's not that central blame going on, which I think can be incredibly disruptive and can lead to the conflict in these situations. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's not what everyone thinks when they get married. No. But, you know, it happens. But the law of averages is that it is going to happen sometimes and uh, it's how I think how it's managed is, is most important and particularly when young children are involved, how their needs are taken care of and more so in a royal setting because they are scrutinised um, so broadly. I think they'd get tremendous support, the kids at school, and I think the lucky thing for say the Phillips children is that they're not in the London bubble they're not central in London they're really uh, removed down in Gloucestershire they must have a incredibly normal life there's no titles it's not you know Prince this or Her, His Royal Highness and Her Royal Highness this and that they actually uh, would be seen by the local community as, as, as fairly ordinary people but for nice invitations to Royal Ascot I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if autumn autumns always can be relied upon to wear a really nice dress to Royal Ascot so I'm hoping oh, I'll have to keep and an so can Ser- Serena Lynn if we have a look at pictures of her, she's very stylish. They're two of the better dressed royals. So I hope they don't disappear from the scene. You know, we don't want to just look at Princess Anne's dresses for the rest <laughs> of eternity. I want to actually no. look at these these younger women and particularly these middle-aged ones like them. Sophie Countess of Wessex, Serena, as I was saying. I love Sarah Chato, who's the daughter of Princess Margaret. She's the sister of uh, Lord Linley. Anyway, I think that brings us to the end of the podcast for today. Next time we'll have a cheery one. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Zoe. And thank you to everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And of course, don't forget to pick up a copy of New Idea Royals Monthly on sale now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 